Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... Paint the Town Podcast, episode 201. How you doing, bro? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, bro. Do you like my room? <laughs> yeah, well, I like the sound quality of your room, but, uh, you know, I'm noticing it's not, you know, your your studio. What's going on? Well, um, yesterday afternoon on about 6 or 6.30 or so, something like that, a massive uh, strike of lightning hit, okay? But then not long after that, our power went out. And it's oh still God. out. It's still out. Now, the uh, my wife called the uh, Department of Water and Power, and they said, you know, it'll probably it could be you know eight to ten hours. Well, it's still going. It's still off, and it's way past eight to ten hours. Um, then the latest thing was it was going to be on at one fifty one, not at two, not at one thirty, not one forty five, but one fifty one. The power is supposed to be back on. And it still isn't. So I had to scramble. The first place I went was the Sportsman Lodge on uh, Ventura, you know, near Coldwater. And couldn't find the office. Saw the security office, opened my head, stuck it in there. I was like, hey, where's the office? And this lady's like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. <laughs> there was a Starbucks across the street. So I ran over to the Starbucks and there was one table left. So I got it. But then the plugs... There was one guy already using one of the plugs and I needed two plugs, one for my headphones and one for the, uh, you know, for the iPad because couldn't charge it yesterday afternoon. Um, so once I realized that just I, looking around for some other plug or something like that, nothing. So I grabbed my stuff and what was I going to do? Oh yeah. I was just going to drive down the street and then I saw this place. Um, I don't even know what the name of this hotel is. (laughs) I parked in their parking lot, ran inside. and was like, dude, I need a a room. I actually only need it for like maybe an hour and a half. And he's like, well, I got to charge you the, you know, the whole thing. And I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. Because if our power is still out, you know, we might stay here tonight. Um, Because dude, last night I was up all night guarding our house with a machete. Um. Now you might, why, why are you guarding your house with a machete? Well, when the mm-hmm. power goes out, that's when the criminals, like the, the smart ones, start hitting houses in the areas if there's no power. So. And you did have that break-in previously, basically, right? So. Well, um, it wasn't a break-in. It was a, well, it yeah, was a the scare. Intruder. Yeah, the intruder yeah. scare. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I was just yeah. saying that 
you know what's funny is that normally people i think asking for you know to pay by the hour they're asking for something else that, <laughs> at a hotel but you actually have a legitimate reason man so uh, so yes well, yeah man um so i mean like i said to the audience happy new year's guys um thank you for tuning in um you know we had episode 200 teach thanks for being here today too man i mean i know you went through a lot and uh you know i was supposed audience. to be in florida right now i was supposed to be in florida but about three days before i was gonna hop in my truck and drive to florida to start getting the house ready for the kids to stay there and live there and everything um they decided that actually they'd rather live here in california so part of me wanted to get a little you know angry but i can't you know what i mean like they're they're being honest they're telling the truth and last thing i want to do is get angry at something like that so i I know that you're also taking care of your dad in florida right so i mean give the audience a little update on like what's going on i mean uh, yeah he's you know what he's physically okay dude gets up and takes a walk pretty much every day um it's just that his mind you know his memory is shot um you know, like give me an example. We were at the Verizon store and he had his phone and it was sitting on the counter. And he was like, whose phone is that? I'm like, uh, dad, that, that's your phone. And then a moment later, whose phone is that? That's your phone, dad. And then a moment later, whose phone is this? That's your phone, dad. Real quick though. I'm curious, like, does he like, why is, is he wondering if it's his phone or like it's a weird question saying whose phone is that right you know so i'm just wondering like uh but um you don't know basically right oh is, is our guest here yeah. yeah our guest is here yeah dude let's don't make him wait man this guy right. is uh he's an interesting fella i love him all right let's go on and bring him in The song they're playing on the radio. Welcome, Chad. Here we go. There we go. There you are. Hi. Hey, like a true professional. Look at that room, too. Look at the room he's in. It's so nice. Thank you. Um, As you can, my my room isn't so nice, but I have a good reason for that. Uh, First of all, um, Chad, thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. Um, are we rolling? Are we in this right now? Is it going? We're in it yeah, right now. Yeah. We, you know, it. we're not live. We're not live. You know, we, we, we take this we, and everything. We have the intro it's, music uh, coming on and everything. So uh, fantastic. I'm James. Love it. It's nice to meet you, man. Yeah, you too. You too. Awesome. So what's going on, guys? <laughs> I was just telling James, usually I have a nice little thing behind me that says, you know, paint the town podcast right here, you know, and I'm yeah. um, sitting nice and comfortable. But um, our power has been out since about six o'clock oh, uh, shit, yesterday dude. afternoon. They said it was going to be about eight to ten hours, and then they said it was going to be on at one fifty-one p.m. and mm. it is still not on. Yes, I know, not one forty-five, not two, but one fifty-one. Yeah. that's what my wife said. She called the Department of Water and Power. So they're seventy-two behind. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so I had to scramble and find a place, and ended up at this hotel, and I don't even know the name of it because I was in such a hurry. Started oh, the travel damn. the travel lodge. Used to be the Sportsman Travel Lodge on Ventura in, in Coldwater. I know the place, you know? yeah. Right. Um, and then could not find the office. And then the Starbucks, I only had one plug. The guy had his thing plugged into the same outlet. And I, I needed, you know, two <laughs> uh, two outlets. 
Teach had, did a lot of effort to be here today because uh, the floods and everything like that, man. And yeah. uh, you know, Chad, we, uh, you, you know, your fellow. There's podcaster. no way that I am going to postpone this interview. Is is my? You know what I mean, like I was gonna choke a mother. I yeah. was gonna choke someone out. Well, I appreciate yeah, it, sincerely. Um, no, the the rain has been crazy here in LA, as we all know. I think uh, Newsom is trying to get like a state of emergency declared and stuff because of all the rains that have been doing all all kinds of shit across the state. Have you been having any issues? No, I mean, uh, just looking out the window, pretty much. That's my only issue and being like, damn, it's really raining hard. That's about as, as much music? as I've been affected. <laughs> I love playing sad music and looking out the window and it's raining, man. I feel sorry for myself, man. It's like one of my Okay. <laughs> we all do what we got to do. Yes. Yeah, to get through it. But, um, anyway, no, it's, you know, a lot of artists, we, we do have a lot of self-loathing. You know, it helps. Try sure. it, you know, but anyways, go ahead, Teach. So, uh, you know, well, you know to... what? Let me let me introduce yes, exactly. um, Chad the proper way. OK. Oh, thank you. Um, so I actually met Chad back about, oh, my God, at least nine or 10 years ago. God. Yeah, dude, at least. I mean, yeah, that's right around that. That must be when we met. That was when I was doing shit for sure. Street art in L.A. Yes. And you were very interesting. You were quite different than most of the other street artists out there. You had um, production capabilities a bit higher and above, like the finished quality of what you were doing. Was it was, though? Oh, dude, come on! Those signs, the 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 Trump signs all up and down the street. The um, this oh, you're is not about, real. Like, the parking signs things. that I put up, yeah. But I mean, that yes. was just a. That wasn't me. That was just like, I have an idea. I want to do these parking signs that say none of this is real and go affix them to like telephone poles and shit up and down Melrose, like either above or below the actual parking signs. It was just a matter of like finding a place that could produce those, designing them and then uh, paying that place to make them. And then I went out one night and was just like, you know, ratcheting them to the telephone poles. Don't hate someone for being resourceful. You know, you're a resourceful guy. And I respect that, you know. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You know what I love about I'm not a street artist, but you know what I love about just street art is the rawness of it. It's like, hey, there's nothing more than if you want to put a message out and let people know what's going on, just to fucking do it. And totally, so, you know, designing it and then getting somebody to make it and then going out to putting yourself is a lot yeah. more effort than a lot of artists actually would put in. You know, a lot of artists we get lazy sometimes too. You know, and then we have these big dreams, big big ideas. But like I said, just completing that in itself is very commendable. Well, I feel the exact opposite about it, man. I remember, like, I've lived in L.A. for 20-plus <laughs> years or whatever. I don't know. But, like, I remember seeing various street art going up here and there. And in my head, originally, I was like, oh, to to be able to do this, to put up this many posters or put this on a building or whatever, you got to have a giant team. This must cost a lot of money. I thought initially anybody who was doing street art in a city like L.A., just had incredible capabilities, some shit that I would never be able to tap into. Then I'm sure like many street artists around that time, I saw that movie uh, exit through the gift shop, the Mr. Brainwash Banksy movie. And I was like, Oh, this is just some fucking maniac running around with a a mop and a bucket. Like I can do that. That movie (laughs) made me think like anybody could do this fucking shit, you know? And so that's like kind of how I got into it. Um, Or at least that's what pushed me over the edge. I was always very interested in the idea of, you can create art and just throw it up out in the public 
place in, in any public thoroughfare and people will be forced to interact with it, whether they like it, they don't like it, whatever. But it's really taking a piece of art and saying, here it is. You have to look at this now. It's not about the choice of you going into a gallery or museum. You're saying this is in the world that you live in. Deal with it. That part of street art to me is probably like what really got me interested enough to start doing it. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm what, did, like what were you doing before that? I'm sorry, James. What were you doing before that, though? Same thing I was doing as I was doing it. I, I've been a TV writer, a movie writer, writing books, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I still continue to do that as well. I I re really like once the street art thing started kind of taking off for me, unfortunately, I tore my ACL playing racquetball, had to have ACL surgery. And that <laughs> sidelined me for long enough that I was just like, ah, I got involved in a bunch of other work shit and I just kind of never came back to it. But um, you will. Someday. Been... What's that? I said, you will come back to it someday. Well, for sure. That day is fast approaching. I've got a new project that I'm working on. Kind oh, of still ironing okay. it out, you know, but uh I'm I was just kidding, can... but damn, I'm no, right. I, yeah. There's there's so much going on um just in the world of art generally, not just street art, but there's just it's it's drastically changing right now because of artificial yeah. intelligence and everybody now has the capability to just type in a sentence and it will produce like all these different AI art generators will produce that image for you. That's you know fascinating to me. Yes, and, I uh, love that we're talking about this right now because this is one yeah. of the uh, things that's happened since we've had the break that, mm -hmm. um, you know, has happened. You know, everybody got their little avatars and then you're like, hey, pay this company, you know, give us like eight images of yourself and then pay this company and then we'll spit sure. out like 50 images of you. So, uh, uh, you, you know, I saw a lot of different people like change their uh you know just or just post it up so this is really interesting could you explain a little bit more i mean like sure i mean you're talking specifically about one of the ai art apps that will make yeah. your little avatar or whatever but there are a bunch of different ai art generators that are text to image generators so you can type in uh, mid journey is probably for my money the best one right now but there's dolly 2 there's a bunch of them and you can essentially just type in a sentence you can type in like a monkey eating a banana in space whatever you want and it will generate multiple iterations of that image. Now, these are not finding pictures on the internet. It is generating new images based on whatever you're typing in. And it is using images that are part of these big databases that whatever company owns the specific AI has their own database of images it pulls from. There's a lot of controversy about uh, those databases containing copywritten images from other artists and artists are getting pissed saying, yeah, you can produce these new images, but it's in the style of the art I make because you trained your AI with my art, you piece of shit. But to me, the idea of like copyright generally, I think is dead. Um, and artists making art for money, I think is on its way out. I think art for commerce yeah. is going to not exist within 20 years or so because mm. any company that needs an image, we'll just take still images to begin with, but this will obviously move into video. We'll move into AI's writing screenplays. We'll move into AI's producing actors that are photo real that can be in movies. We'll eventually wind up with iteratively generated uh, media for you where you can just talk into your phone and say, Netflix, make me a new season of Game of Thrones starring The Rock and Kevin Hart or whoever you want, and it will just make it for you. So you don't need writers, directors, actors, producers. You're not going to need any of that anymore. But and right now we're too. still at the what's that? And music, too, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's just like, absolutely. you know, I've been hearing like the initially like, oh, we created like a new Beatles song out of yes. all the uh you know beatles songs that existed like it's not like quite there but i told right. it's better than the shit that half the people would fucking write already you know what i mean totally so i just think that the competition 
is like so high now because if it can you know like i want a logo or something like that if i can just you know if i have just some hardware company i want a generic logo i mean you can find that on the internet already with a template you know but if you want yeah. to kind of curate that a little bit more i think uh you know it's going to be a problem for artists i mean the level of competition is going to be super high i think i mean but to me and there's going to be less work oh for sure less work what added like you're saying if you want a logo an ai can bang out a hundred logos that you can choose from <laughs> in one second um are you going to pay a graphic design firm or a graphic designer to make that for you anymore no i think ad copy like you know 15 30 second minute long commercials that shit's all gone like goodbye ad agencies there's no giant brand is going to be paying millions of dollars to the top ad agencies to come up with ad campaigns anymore when literally again an ai is going to be able to shit out 200 commercials and you'll just be like yeah that one's good let's roll with that one and it'll have the same effect on on whatever audience you're marketing to as the million dollars you would have paid to whatever ad agency so that stuff is all very interesting to me and i think you know, uh, the flip side of it is things like street art, things that are like live in your face experiences with any kind of art, music, visual art. Those will be the things that I think still are around because like an AI can't replicate when you're walking down the street and you see some giant piece somebody's done on the side of a building or whatever. That's still going to have some kind of an effect on you that I don't think like looking again at like 100 images generated by an AI on your computer will have. That said... Yeah. Once you start combining AI image generation with like drones that can spray paint the side of buildings, now we're getting somewhere. Because yeah. if I can have a fleet of drones go out and spray paint a 10-story skyscraper at night and no one knows who the fuck did it, now we're getting into some uh, real interesting street art capabilities. Yes, I like that. You know, um, uh, I just want to show you something that uh, just what you were talking about, Chad. Sure. You know, I think that if you do something that, that looks too perfect, people don't notice it so much. Yeah, there is a uh, traffic light not far from from where we live on Laurel Canyon, mm. and the traffic light was out, and cars are just zooming in there. And the cars that were coming down Fryman and trying to make a left onto Laurel Canyon, there was so many wrecks that almost happened, and so many horn honking and everything. So at one point, I actually went out there myself and was just walking into the intersection and like flagging the the cars to stop so that the cars coming down you know uh, Fryman Canyon could go. Now, I would say about um, probably 60, 70% of those people on Laurel Canyon thought I was some crazy fucking dumbass <laughs> flipping me off, getting angry at me and whatever. But those people coming down Fryman, they're like, dude, thanks. That's awesome. Thank you, man. Right. So, but at, at one point I was like, you know what? I got to go here soon. Um, the, the, the power should be on so I can do my, my podcast. And so what I did was I made a little sign and I was going to try to be all nice and, and perfect yeah. with the lettering, but I was like, you know what? The more it looks like someone wrote it, the more someone's going to pay attention to it. Sure. <laughs> and sure enough, that shitty sign right there that I made, um, it, uh, it, oh, and you know what? Um, <laughs> the, uh, the other side of it is actually from uh, my friend, John. Um, John, it was a, a, a poster that John Ennis oh, wow. made for, for pay to play. And I still had mm -hmm. a few of them left in the garage, and so I just used the back of it and then taped it to. Uh, I don't know if you can Pete, see that right the there. Say for uh, for the audience that's not watching. Oh, I'm sorry. It <laughs> says uh, traffic that. light out. Yeah, traffic light out. Please stop and go. <laughs> in shitty <laughs> writing, basically. So it captures your attention sometimes when it's shitty. Dude, it was working. It was fucking. Wor <laughs> I would say it worked about fifty-seven percent of the time. Very specific. You know? <laughs> How did you calculate? Very calculated. <laughs> I'm very calculated, fella. 
Well, I sat there and watched it for a little while before I, yeah. you know, before I'd come. What were you going to say? I know James? what you mean. I totally know what you mean, though. I think, like, you know, in the AI world, they can create, uh, you know, off of, uh, you know, a bunch of examples. But, you know, for example, something affects you in real life, like this uh, SC Marrow piece that just went up today. This, there's so much rain going on. <laughs> that's yeah. great you know this, a whale this, tail coming out of the street a big puddle. An ai that's is hilarious. not going to yeah this, this whale's coming out of the puddle basically right you just so, see a whale awesome. tail you, all you, you see know. is a whale tail at the corner of the street in a yeah. big puddle in sc marrow and i know that uh wildlife probably worked on it with her maybe but yeah she's always putting out awesome stuff like yeah, that you know something like that an ai is never going to come up with basically right so never Absolutely. No, James, you, know, you are wrong there. There's a 3D printer that could print something like that. No, what I'm saying yeah. is like, just like, okay, the day that it rains, we're going to put it on this corner, you, you know, and these are, these, there's like, uh, these are very unique, I think, examples of art that it will take AI a very, very long time. Um, but, you know, Chad's, Chad's shaking his head and just I'm shrugging on that one because I think we are. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Chad. <laughs> we're in the phase right now with AI art generation or, or really of AI generally. We are in the phase of like, when the wheel was invented, eventually the Ferrari showed up. Like that's gonna happen. AI is going to be <laughs> perfect. Mm. And I don't think anybody, you know, I get in arguments with the my friends about this. I do a podcast with another friend of mine that is run by an AI called Dudesy. And we have this argument constantly. He always maintains people want to see art made by other people. That's what defines it as art, that it's this human to human connection through the image or the song or whatever your your medium is. I maintain nobody gives a shit. It's just what's on that screen. Nobody gives a fuck who makes it. If you're watching the screen, as long as it's entertaining you in some way, you don't really care if a human made it or not. Mm. Especially when you get into like, like big budget movies or TV shows, you know, like you really think anybody gives a shit about who directed or wrote the next Star Wars movie or Fast and Furious or Avengers or any of that shit. Absolutely not. Mm. No one cares. Well, okay. First question. What do you mean by run by AI, the podcast? My friend and I used to do a podcast together uh, many years ago, and because of that, and because we're friends, we got reached out to by this company who has an experimental AI that, like, you know, in quotes, listens to all the other podcasts, take in, takes in data from, like, the podcast sphere, and the AI wow. then designs a podcast for us based on it also has access to, like, our Instagrams and Twitters and our Google Drives and purchase histories and all this shit. So it kind of tailor makes a podcast to us. So the AI has like a voice and it comes in and it says, now you have to talk about the crow from 1995 starring Brandon Lee. And we're like, what the fuck? And then we start talking about it and we both realize like, <laughs> oh, it was one of our favorite movies as kids. Now that's why we're talking about it. Or my, my buddy's into pro wrestling. So there's a lot of that in there, but yeah, it's been an interesting experiment for too, sure. Right? So what's that? I said, you guys are stoners too, right? Shout out to stoners. I'm a stoner, so I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Definitely marijuana does come into play in that podcast as well. Every once in a while, the AI makes us get high, which is pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> Definitely check out the Doozy podcast. Man. Now, okay, so I have a question, yeah. man. Like, they sure. I, I always think about this. It's like AI is kind of like automation, right? Automation. And, uh, yeah. y- you know, for example, if I eat a, a hamburger that's like, automated you know what i mean and it's like a big business and you know they, mm. they, they've done a lot of thought and put a lot of thought into how to make this hamburger taste good and that's mcdonald's basically you know sure. it tastes fucking good you know so i think like you know compared to if you know a, a master chef put in the work and the love uh, through all his knowledge of uh, uh, you know food and everything like that to create you this burger i mean personally i mean 
I would want to go with the master chef that's spent the 10,000 hours, like kind of like uh, yeah. studying food. You know what I mean? And AI is kind of just like, in a sense, it's just like it's the McDonald's. You're an Epicurean, uh, James. OK, I mean, you're an Epicurean. I mean, it's a, it's a good <laughs> analogy, though, right? I mean, that's a fancy I, word. I don't know, man, because the AI puts in 10,000 hours in a second. Like the the ten thousand hours really is is getting yep. to the idea of like the iterative process. The more you do something, the better you're going to get at it, or the more you'll know about the intricacies of whatever that art form is. AI sure. does. I mean, that's how it works. It iterates a million different image generations until it gets to the one you want. And I think ultimately, yes, if you want the McDonald's experience, AI will be able to give you that. Obviously, that's kind of where we are now. But I think the next phase of it is going to be AI that tailor makes things to your exact preferences. So like I was saying, you can ask Netflix on your phone, like, give me another season of Game of Thrones with The Rock and, and Kevin Hart. That's if you want that. But you won't even have to ultimately ask for it because the AI will have access to every piece of data in your phone. It will know what you want. Want, just like Instagram does at this point. And it's going to give yep. you and YouTube. You yeah. And YouTube and everything you watch and listen to and buy and eat and all that shit. It's going to give you the McDonald's hamburger. If you want the McDonald's hamburger, it's going to give you the, whatever the other version, the gourmet hamburger at like a nice hamburger place, whatever that is, if yeah, that's but, what you want. So, but sometimes you have like a, you know, selection fatigue, you know, about that study sure. where like kids, like, you know, you put them in a room full of toys and then they just kind of lay there. They don't know what to do. If but if it's just one toy, you, you know they that, that you know they'll actually try it out and try new. Not things. Not my kids. Shit! You put them in a room full of toys. They're gonna tear up every single fucking one of them. <laughs> and you know what I'm waiting for? On this, and I, I, right? I hopefully it's coming soon. Is when they they custom tailor a girl for you, like uh, uh you know, whatever an AI girl, okay. That exists. This dude. girl knows exactly yeah, what you want. She knows already, exactly man. how to talk to you and everything. And hopefully this will keep some of those sexual harassment assholes and, and pervs that are being, you know, inconsiderate to, you know, regular people and girls that are real trying to mind their own women. fucking business. Yeah. And I mean, uh, they'll be able to uh, kind of chill themselves out with those things, you know? There's yeah, an I app mean, right now called Replica, spelled with a K, that basically is that. It makes like a little a person for you to yeah, talk it's like to that already exists motherfucker <laughs> yeah i mean that's another thing is i think a lot of people don't fully appreciate where we are with ai i think people yeah. still think of it as a futuristic science fiction technology and it's like no nope, it's here and it's about to be the most important thing in every one of our lives like i don't I mean, think how long ago was it that, about it how long ago was it that they started doing the deep fake thing because when i saw that yeah i was just like oh god we have that entered was probably a like new realm. I mean, the the first deep fake, really, if you want to get into it, was The Crow, that movie. When Brandon Lee died shooting it, they used computer oh, yeah. generated images to like fill out the rest of the movie with him. And it, it was never like straight on his face or anything. It was kind of like subdued in the shadows, the CGI scenes. But they had to go in with a computer, with computer generated images to piece together that movie because they didn't have him to shoot with. But then if you look at like, you know, they brought Paul Walker back for the fast and furious that he died during, they brought Carrie Fisher back in star Wars after she died. That's yes, all technically. That's right. That's thing. what I was going to mention. Yep. Um, I like how we've already mentioned the crow twice, man. And I want to talk to you about this movie, man. Obviously it's a really good movie to, if you, if you haven't watched it, uh, you know, Brandon Lee, who's Bruce Lee's son, like uh, yeah. died basically shooting that movie. Yeah. And, you know, some say that, you know, it you know it's a curse it's the you know they came back to get him you know or whatever what, mm -hmm. what's what's your opinion I, first of all like 
why do you love the crow? Because like for me, sometimes the acting is a little bad, but in the nineties, sometimes. <laughs> okay, okay. I just didn't yeah. want to offend. I just didn't want to offend you so much. If you're like a diehard guy, you yeah. know what I mean. Like the, visually, it's it's stunning. You know what I mean. But just like sure. sometimes the acting's like, oh my god, man. But yeah, the acting's not great. But it was. I think it was the director of that movie was named Alex Proyas. I believe it was his second movie, and he had a very interesting visual style. After that, he went on to do Dark City, which was another kind of like noirish, very like gothic looking movie. But um, Brandon Lee at that time. This was 1995, I believe that movie came out, or 94 maybe. I was in high school. I remember taking the day off school when it came out. It was my favorite comic book. I saw the movie five times that day and all that shit. And wow. it was just, uh, it's so like drenched in 90s. The yes. soundtrack is like Stone Temple Pilots, Nine Inch Nails. I think Henry Rollins has a song on there. Very it's industrial. Like, yeah, very industrial. So fucking 90s. I just loved it. And it was like that dark gothic vibe. Is I mean, I've always been interested in that. That's always yeah, kind of like- definitely what I like artistically, but yeah, I think the thing with Brandon Lee, uh, he, in the course of filming the movie, he got shot by a gun on set in a scene they were shooting and the gun is supposed to have blanks in it. And supposedly it did, but there was like a cartridge left in the barrel. And so the blank fired and, and the thing in the barrel came out. I think it's a similar situation to what happened with, um, that Alec Baldwin. Rust, Rust, basically. Yeah. yeah. Rust. No, it's crazy because, uh, these gun scenes, I mean, they're fucking dangerous, man. I mean, totally. even, you know, even if it's just blanks, I mean, um, but I, I just think in the nineties, at least there was an excuse. We could, the CGI maybe wasn't as good at that time yet. Yeah. Right. And so going back to our talk about just computers, just doing everything for us. I mean, there's mm -hmm. just not as much of a need to, uh, have like real, you know, live, ammo i mean kind of stuff totally me, right so you look uh, at something like john wick you know i don't know that they maybe they use blanks in john wick but like all the blood splatters that are coming out of people's heads and shit that's all a computer yeah what a what a great movie to watch when you're working out man <laughs> <laughs> whenever i work out i watch that movie because you're always just like well, that one or the siege, uh, the, the siege, because it's just yeah. like pure action for like fucking 25 minutes or whatever. You know, you're yeah. in the car, you're just watching motherfuckers get killed. Like, you know, yeah. so, uh, yeah, man, that, that I like your taste in movies, man. Well, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yeah, they're all 90s. Speaking of like 90s CGI movies, Lawnmower Man is one that like we recently had oh, to watch yeah. that on Doozy. Sometimes the AI makes us watch movies that are like about AI and computers and shit. And it's like, you have to watch Lawnmower Man and we'll discuss it next week. So we watched Lawnmower Man, which I hadn't seen since it came out in whatever, 94 or something like that. And uh, I mean, it's not a good movie. Let me just say that up front. It's a very bad <laughs> movie. But it has like very early usage of full scenes that are rendered in computer graphics. And they are bad. I mean, certainly by today's standards. But the right. interesting thing is they go into like virtual reality in this world. And, and this uh, the movie was all about kind of like how virtual reality is going to revolutionize how we do everything and blah, blah, blah. And again, this is in the 90s. Oh, God. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, that's what Lawnmower Man looks like. It looks like a really crude, like, I don't know, LucasArts, like, game, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, Virtually that, unwatchable. And it is. But when they go into VR, like, the shit you're seeing in VR, like, it's it's very similar, I would say, in style to, like, VR games now. Other than Beat Saber. Beat Saber looks pretty cool. But 
Um, oh, I played this uh, drunken bar fight game in that Oculus oh, nice. the other day. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. I mean, you get a good yeah. workout. You know, you can pick up totally. You know, a pool stick and just start cracking over somebody's head, and you're you know you're <laughs> in this VR thing, and then yeah. it's just like the classic '90s games too. You're just like button mashing, but punching actually. You know what I mean? Just like beating people up for no reasons. You know, you know, totally. classic '90s uh, theme for games, man. But uh, I really am into the idea of VR in terms of how it's going to bisect with art, specifically street art too. A lot of people are making like virtual worlds and, and virtual mm. like locations that you can go to. And I've long mm. thought about like an AR program that would essentially skin the whole, like your real world. When you walk outside, if you have a pair of AR glasses on, it would put just kind of like a green grid over everything. And then it would allow you to do street art on surfaces in the real world, but you can only see it in this AR program. I think stuff like that is wow. right around the corner. Um, I, I think we're like basically everything in humanity is about to change and art specifically is going to change in pretty drastic ways. I think because of all these new technological advancements that are, I mean, they're happening. They're just happening now. I mean, I'm really, yeah, anytime I have anyone that uh, mentions, Hey, you know, my, my kids wanted to get into art. Could you, uh, you know, maybe talk to them a little bit about it? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't like, know if you're going to like what I have to say to them. Right. Keep it as a hobby. Keep art as a hobby and, and don't look for it to make money. Okay. Look, look yeah. towards it to make you feel fulfilled and spiritually, you know, happy yeah. and all that stuff. But don't, don't, yeah. Just remember, just don't, being, just uh. being cool, don't pay the bills. Okay. <laughs> you know? That's true. But I do think, you know, I don't know how much you guys have talked about NFTs and that entire thing, but a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. It's interesting, the NFT world, and I don't, I think it's like we're still, we're not even at the wheel phase of NFTs. I think we're at like people thinking about there might be able to be a wheel, like what NFTs will ultimately become. I think they'll be very integral to like the the online world, web three, web four, whatever it becomes. But I do think with art, in terms of being able to, to sell art, to you do it as a living, basically, art for commerce, I think artifacts will always be sellable, like paintings, sculptures, like physical objects that you can have in your real physical living space. I think that's, right. I don't, I don't see that ever going away, but again, the idea that you can create a digital image, like a logo or a, any, you know, album cover shit like that. I think that's all gone. This is basically yeah. like the equivalent of saying of like, you know, when the printing press came along before yeah. like art, it was like this <laughs> secret or sacred actually documents, you know, only the, yeah. the monks could talk about. And then once the printing press, they're like, fuck, anybody can interpret the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know I mean, we're fucked. You, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> oh, dude, that's exactly it. Yeah. You, you know, so I, I can see what you're saying. But like I said, I, I, I'm actually, you know, as a music producer, especially the electronic dance music producer, I can't wait to the fucking day that like, the entire curtain is just torn down because if I can take like it's all then it's all about how much music knowledge you have. You can yeah. combine 10 songs mm -hmm. and then say like, hey, spit me out another one. It'll be unique because you actually have the knowledge of the library. Kids these days, like they don't care about uh, the old stuff anymore. They just want to hear the new shit coming out because there's so much new shit coming out. Totally. You know? They don't want to hear like shit from the 70s they're like oh that sounds old there's no like sub bass i'm like i have i don't even know what to say to that like <laughs> you know you know what I mean? when, when people say that kind of stuff right so uh i don't know i'm excited for you know you know but i'm just wondering like as a human like are we even going to be valuable in in your opinion chad well i mean that 
depends entirely on what do you mean by valuable? What even is value and who's assigning that value and all that kind of shit. I mean, to me, this is like a broad philosophical view of, of what any of this fucking shit is. I don't think as human beings, we have even the slightest idea about what fundamental reality is. And I think we've done our best to answer the big questions like, are we alone in the universe or what is our purpose here or any of that kind of shit. And our best is very bad. Our, our best <laughs> answers to these are things like God and government and money. And our entire existence is now structured by these ideas that aren't real. And so, uh, you know, who gives anything value? I don't know. Like what even is valuable in this fucking society? And do I even agree with that? To me, it's just kind of like oh. find something that you enjoy doing, find something that gives you kind of personal meaning, whether it makes money or not is almost irrelevant. Like there will be ways to make money always, especially as we're moving into this weird virtual reality world. And we're all going to be like, I remember that, that movie ready player one, people are like carrying bricks in the VR world and that's their job. You know, they're doing like construction in a VR world. We might all, all get to that point. I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, I think people will, will have value because we have curiosity about what is all this shit. And we are continually exploring that. What about them taking over, though? I mean, like, you know, you're already doing a podcast that you're you're literally like listening to the AI telling telling you what to do. So, I mean, it yeah. doesn't seem like you're too concerned about them taking over. But like, uh, you, you know, are you just like, how do you feel about that? I mean, none of us are in control of this. Money basically has taken over all human behavior. Everything you do in your life is either to get money or you have to spend money to do it. So I was like, just telling I, someone this the other day. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, the things that money brings you, um, are one of the things is respect. You can be mm -hmm. the biggest asshole. You can be, you know, the most disrespectful uh... motherfucker in the world. But if you have a ton of money, there are people that will give you respect. Yeah. Some people, I mean, like I said, some people have a lot of money, but have, you know, I, I don't have respect from, but I, I see what you mean. There will be a section of people. You're that different will... than most James. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, what you're saying. Hold on but... a second. I just, I just want to do a little sidebar here right quick because I finally found the picture. Um, so back during in the day, um, Chad and I did a collaboration together. Hmm. Um, now, before I show this, can we, um, your, your street art name. Yeah. Um, how, was that, how was that developed? How did you come up with that? I was like, I want to start doing street art. And so I changed one letter in my first name. That was it. <laughs> It was like a nickname that I had for a minute at an old job that I had. And I was just like, yeah, that'll be good enough. Um, and it was fine, you know, for the time. But like I said, this next thing that I'm working on is a little different. It's going to be much more of a, I feel like the first time around that I was doing street art out here in LA, it was very experimental for me just to figure out like, okay, well, how do you do this and how do you navigate it? And then, you know, you started at least at that time. I don't know if this is still even the case, but like at least at that time, there were so many people doing street art in LA that there were like galleries that would sell street art. And so there was this extra like secondary tier to it that I started to like dip my toe into a little bit and started to navigate that. But I do feel like all my knowledge of like whatever the LA street art scene was like then is gone. So yeah, I'm going to have to yeah. start that from ground zero again, which I'm actually kind of looking forward to. But I think my my understanding of the technique of street art and like really to this time around, I want to have like a very coherent project that I'm doing that has a very specific goal and voice and name and all of that. Uh, whereas that time around, I was just like, fuck it. 
I, like I said, I watched that documentary and I'm like, I can like a dog buy a chasing cars like me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so I, mean, I you know, uh, back then, I just... though, I feel like honestly, like, uh, you know, we haven't talked about it for a while because I mean, it gets stale to talk about. But honestly, I think that documentary changed a lot of people's lives, man. It, yeah, it really made you for sure. Feel... Uh, to be honest, we're, you're talking about how you noticed it before. I, I literally didn't care about graffiti or anything like that at all before I watched that movie, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I say it all this time. Okay, wait, wait, James, hold on a second. I'm gonna sidebar off of that. Yeah. I want to go back to it though. Okay, so the 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 collaboration that that uh, Chad and I did at the time was um, this right here. Now, if you're just listening, this is a uh, a church that uh, we built, and it is you know you can actually walk inside it, and we um, we pasted pages of the bible all over this church okay so if you get up close to it you can see um you know pages of the bible and uh let me see if i can oh <laughs> here you go um so this is uh this is jake our old cat but um oh. you see what i mean you see the pages of the bible in there yeah so we plastered it with pages of the bible and then we painted it red because if you want to you know get some attention make it big and red um and uh and then look at that isn't that precious it's my kids at the time <laughs> the picture of my kids inside the church and they're standing right next to this you know the the sign that says none of this is real and um you know it uh it was one of my favorite pieces um yeah me too and man. then it was fun we, to make uh, it I remember you know sitting for hours in your backyard, just fucking gluing those Bible pages to this thing, <laughs> one after the other, trying to keep them in order. Oh, it was a nightmare, but we got through it. We did make it. And then, yeah, I, I think it, it turned out really well. That was, uh, that's what I was going to ask you. We made a video. We sat down, we made a video where you and I like um, did like a little yeah. talk or whatever. Do you still have that? Fuck, dude, can somewhere. You find it? Really? I'll look for it. Maybe shit i have no idea where that is if it's in a hard drive or something somewhere i'll be able to find it i'll see if i can find it for you that would be hilarious yeah you know, now i was raised you know um and as a methodist you know mm -hmm. as a christian and then you know i branched out and checked out all kinds of stuff and you know by the time i met you and um you had this idea i was just like man yeah exactly none of that shit is actually real you know, you know it is just stories from the past and then when you started having the the uh translated into different languages the bible that's when the control factor took over and people you started using the bible to control people and so to be able to do a piece like that and put it out there um that that's one of my favorite uh collaborations that i did yeah me too man uh, first of all, I want to I wanted to kind of share a throwback real quick because uh, sure. I didn't actually know uh, I didn't do this video, but uh, we actually have a small interview with Chad. Oh yeah, dude, I remember doing that. <laughs> oh god, here we go. When I was young and beautiful. Well, you. Yeah, there's some of the old paintings. Oh, God, I remember doing that thing. Jesus Christ. That looked like a collab with Annie Priest. Well, it was a forced collaboration. Um, that <laughs> You took the piece and went over it. Yeah, that specific painting was like, I just got very in interested in the idea of um, how you could basically 
be doing street art, which is art that you're doing and putting out in the street for free. And then that, that could get you to be able to sell paintings and galleries. That was fascinating to me. Like, again, that question of value, like, well, why does this thing that an artist made get to be put in the street for nothing and eventually gets deteriorated by weather and people tear it down and paint over it and whatever. But this thing, you put it in this room and you can charge $5,000 for it. And it's like a, a piece of art that has more value or whatever. So I went to a gallery that was on La Brea. Maybe it was even called LA Street Art Gallery or something like that. Was, Do you remember uh, that place? No, that was Lab, Lab, Lab art. art. Yes. yes. With Iskander Lemsefer. Yeah. I went into that place. She had a painting there for sale. And I knew that she had put some stuff up on some same walls that I had. So I was like, that's perfect. She's the, it wasn't like a, I was specifically trying to target her or anything. I was just like, right. As any, any priest, right? Yeah. Any priest did that other painting. So I bought one of her paintings and then I stenciled over it. None of this is real. And then I put <laughs> that painting that I bought back on that wall, uh, a wall that we had uh, done stuff on together or not, not together, but like had individually put things on the same wall, which was, uh, it's on Fairfax and Beverly, that movie theater. Yep. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah. Yes, I remember seeing it. So that I caused that shit... lots of controversy. It did. She got very mad at it. She uh, found out about it and took the painting off the wall, and then she auctioned it for charity. And then um, I bought it through that auction, and I now <laughs> have that painting. <laughs> so, And the, the whole experiment to me was about, like, you know, why do we put any kind of monetary value on it, and who – really is deciding what the value of th this piece is and in that experiment what i really found out was the only two people who gave a fuck about any of it were me and her i bought the painting <laughs> he got mad at me painting over it and then i bought it back again i was the only person who ever put any money into that painting you know um and so well, to me it was just content kind of a... nine years later too on this podcast <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> yeah, exactly but it just kind of to me revealed like you know, the absurdity of, of any kind of monetary value being attached to art. And it's it really is just that we if we all collectively agree that a thing has this amount of uh, financial value and then someone pays that amount of money for it, then I guess it does have that value, you know? Oh, yeah. It totally. just was you know, funny to me, I guess. I went to Art Basel for the first time this past uh, year, and I, I've been telling the people are like, how is, how is it? You know, was the art great? Yeah. I was like, man, I just saw a bunch of like, you know, Gilligan Island, Thurston Howell motherfuckers like walking yeah. around with lovey. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. thinking about like, what like the horse races. Right. You know, and I was just mm -hmm. like, man, this is like, honestly, a lot of the art there was like really, really shitty. But there's obviously a whole trade show, um, you know, you know, open to this. I was Giving like, it legitimacy. You know, exactly. if you're here, then you're legitimate. It's just like Chad yeah. was saying, you know, over here, it's not worth much. But if you're over here in this, you know, yeah. particular building, it's worth a lot more. Plus, yeah, I have to imagine if you get invited to our Basel, you ain't thinking about like, let me put my best work forward. You're like, how can I turn out as many fucking things as I can to sell the most shit imaginable? Yeah. I, I mean, Art Basel is a cash grab, in my opinion. Yes. You yes know? Exactly. And nothing wrong Agreed. with that, by the way. There's nothing you know? wrong with that. Yeah. There's a lot no, of not at hotels all. that would buy like, you know, certain pieces. And I get it. You know, you want to design your hotel. But if you actually, you know, for the artists who actually like want to say something with their work. I find it to be like not a place, you know, and at the end, it's like it seems like some sort of badge of honor to display Art Basel. But it's like I can just have have a company and have a trade show booth, pay fifty thousand dollars. And then basically the, the artists I like, um, you know, get to be in my booth, whether you're big or small. I mean, is that really like the badge of honor or are you just like LinkedIn with the people who are in the, the industry? It depends you know on I mean? who you are when you ask that question. 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that's very true. That's why, you know, I think street art for me, um, just as a as a fan and as a friend of teachers, you know, I just admire people who have just been doing it to putting a message out there. And, and you, know, you know, I'm so dumb. Man. Yeah, you were I saying mean, earlier that before you didn't even notice it. Exactly. Before that. And then it's like, you know, I would notice a mural here, too. I'll be like, oh, dude, that's this, that's that's a nice thing. You, you know, I mean, but I didn't really look into the depth of the meaning or anything like that until after the movie. And, uh, you know, I was just going to say, I'm like, you know, you, after you said I just changed one letter out of my first name, Chad, yeah. basically, I, I was like, oh, ding. you know, I mean, like, I was like, Jesus, because I realized I've ne never actually seen your face because in this interview that we did on L.A. Street Art Gallery, um, like I said, your face is covered, man. And, you know, yeah. I'm more interested in in the content and the, the message behind it. So, you know, that's what's interesting about street art to me, too, that, you know, not people aren't at least before, you know, they weren't their identities were hidden. They weren't even necessarily trying to get famous. They're just trying yeah. to put a message out there. Right. You know, totally. So. And it's to me also like especially living in a big city like L.A., there is art like technically in quotes street art around you constantly. That is corporate street art. You're looking at movie posters. You're looking yep. at billboards. You're looking yep. at all kinds of images and words. And at this point, video, even because we now have big LED billboards <laughs> fucking everywhere. But you're seeing yep. that shit constantly. And that's just like the big money players. We have enough money to own this piece of property and we can put whatever fucking images we want on it. And so the idea that like just a random person, like a citizen of the city can just go out <laughs> and put their own shit out there. And because you're in the same physical space, it occupies, in my opinion, the same value level as that shit that like a, a movie studio or a you know, a big brand will put out. If your poster is right next to a fucking Taco Bell ad, it's as important as the Taco Bell ad. Exactly. Now, okay, yeah. so going back to, I want to just, while we have you on, man, ask you a sure. few questions about AI, because, you know, we're Please. And So, I mean, like, you're completely bought into this. So you, you're like, you're okay with, like, having, like, a an AI girlfriend, too, or, like, well, what's, your, <laughs> what's your view on this, man? I I, I just got to know, because we mentioned girls I don't earlier, know about man. the AI girlfriend. But <laughs> well, teach, teachers are already kind of like, yeah, hey, I wish we had Yeah, it. I know. <laughs> I would be. I mean, if it felt like a girl close enough or whatever, you know, I mean, you know, dude, I'm 54 years old. You know what I mean? Right. Once you get to be this age, you, you're not right. as fucking picky, you know? You, what's you your kinda... percentage on that? It's got to be 77% real human woman, and you, you can deal with it. You know, you know, I would me, go to 63%. 63%, you know, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> for me, like, when I was a teenager, like, uh, you know, I, my parents wouldn't let me really go out, like, uh, w w you know, when I was younger. So, you know, you would meet pe girls in chat rooms, and then you would talk to them on AIM, and then yeah. they would kind of be your online girlfriend, man. You never met her. You just, you know, you have a picture totally. of, like, what she looks like. I mean, essentially, to me, I always thought it's like, you know, for especially for like really, really lonely people. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this this could like at least help them out a little, like help out a lot. of problems, Dude, man. yes. What is going to happen, I think, in the beginning when you let's talk specifically about like AI relationships. Yeah, you're going to be able to pick whatever your favorite porn actor or actress is. They will have licensed their face to a deep fake company that uses an AI generator to allow that person to have conversations with you. <sighs> to have video sexual interactions with you. Maybe eventually it gets put in a robot or something. I don't know. But like the the first phases of that, we're already seeing with like the app I was talking about, Replica. It's not sexual in any way, but you can have full conversations with a photorealistic, you know, in quotes, person. Um, that's all right around the corner. But in terms of like my acceptance of it, I don't... To me, it's just a tool. It's like... <clears throat> 
every art uh, medium has to have some kind of technological development before the art exists. Before anybody can paint a fucking picture, we got to know how to make a paintbrush, paints, and canvas. Before anybody can play a fucking, any song, you have to be able to have the technology to create the instrument that will be either a drum or whatever, all the way up to the electric guitar, even to what you're talking about now. I've, I dick around with some EDM myself just because there's fucking garage band on my computer. You know, there's this tool now and I'm like, oh, let me see if I can do this and watch a couple of YouTube videos. And then you kind of start understanding music in a different way because it is presented to you in a way that's like the technology makes it easier. It makes it more accessible to more people. And so I, for me, AI is just that. It's a next tool that's going to be used in everything we do, art included, obviously. And I just think like being scared of it. I know there's like some uh, I was reading an article the other day about a Reddit forum that is like an art forum that banned AI art. And so an artist got kicked off of that forum because they thought his shit was AI. And he's like, no, my shit just looks like AI, but I made that. I made it in Procreate. Like, what are you doing? And so the line's getting so fucking blurred and people are so scared of AI taking their jobs as artists and all this shit. And it's like, be scared or not, but it's happening. And so I choose to embrace it and try to find the things that are good about it and how I can use it to make my shit better. We always need humans to consume shit. That's what that that's, yes. that's, one, that's one thing that we definitely need. That's right. You know what I mean? And this no. Soon there's gonna, gonna be AI that will be the consumer. Right. I mean, they already do. <laughs> you know, they they have the bots that are consuming them, right? But like I said, like, I think like the for the opinions. But you know, one of the things I've always thought about is that you know we're talking about all this like virtual reality, meta world. Rich people like fucking owning buildings, though. That's for God yeah. by the beach. That's for goddamn sure. That's like never yes. going away, man. Like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so it's like one of these things that it's just like the, sometimes I feel like it's just kind of like this, uh, you know, since we can't afford those things, maybe we'll just get a, a, a you know, a virtual apartment by the beach in this metaverse kind of kind of thing, too. And we can kind of enjoy it in some kind of way, too. So there will be like this dual yeah. like kind of world because but i don't know like i said a rich person ain't buying like or maybe they will i don't know maybe they want to get in there dude they already all, have they fuck all I, the people to i read buy some article shit. about uh snoop dog bought a five hundred thousand dollar property if i'm remembering right don't quote me on this but he bought a fucking super expensive property in i think either decentraland or sandbox both big virtual world kind of things there definitely are like AT&T, the big corporations are buying up primo property in all of these virtual worlds right now so that they can just own it as soon as like they're kind of betting on, I guess, all of us moving into those places. And I don't know if Sandbox or Decentraland or any of the other uh, big VR worlds that exist now, I don't know if those will be the main one, but eventually like we will all be in there for the reason you're talking about. I think it's very much like Ready Player One again the world that we are living in is getting shittier and shittier with global warming, with the disparity between rich and poor, the average person's existence is going to start to degrade, I think. And if you can spend your time in a virtual world, that's a lot more fun and looks better and you can be anything you want and you don't have to be a slave to whatever shitty job you have during the day. I think that's going to be very enticing to people. You know, if we looked at, yeah, like, especially with yeah. countries warring more and everything, like, sure. yeah, it's getting ridiculous. If we look to like Asian countries like Japan, basically, they're already kind of in the super future. You know, they yeah. basically, you know, I, I'm just saying just for food delivery, man. I mean, like, you know, now after the pandemic, it's super normalized. Right. But I mean, yes. they've already had that for fucking years, you know, and then they they live in little tiny apartments and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you can pay a girl to like cuddle with you, you, you know, so <laughs> it's every single like every single like little aspect of it is all taken care of. So. I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I I'm like, uh, you, you know, 
I feel bad for these kids like growing up like you know you know I mean they they don't have uh you know I feel like our previous elders like they thought about like oh these kids are so lucky you know growing up like mm-hmm. this in a peaceful time or whatever the fuck it is but you know for us we can only look at the kids like oh dude you're fucked dude <laughs> yeah. but on the way like wait 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 on the other hand on the other hand though you know when I was growing up um I was kind of like my son you know it was hard for me to to really get along with people socially you know and I can tell you that if this shit was around when I was a kid, like I, uh, it would have made things a lot easier for me, you know? Easier. Um, yeah. To have, to know that I have someone that I can actually get along with and not have to, you know, act a certain way or whatever, like Through that, AI, that really gives you a, uh, yeah. Yeah. If there was an AI around, um, you know, I wouldn't feel like I had to conform so much to society, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I had an aunt that was crazy and I just told her she was in, in North Carolina. And I said, you know what? You should just move to California. You'd fit right in, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of like this, you know, Oh, you should just get you an AI and you will fit right in. And you, you know, you'd be more of a happy person, you know? Yeah. I, I agree to some degree of that, I guess. I mean, we just don't know exactly how AI is going to affect everyone, but it's like, you know, you That's were true. saying you're in your early fifties, James, I don't know how old you are. I'm 46. Uh, so we grew up as kids without the internet. We're the last generation to do that. Gen yeah. X and kids today, not only are growing up with the internet, they're growing up with AI, virtual reality, all these technologies that to us are like drastically changing life. They're just uh, commonplace to the incoming generation. Yeah. It's like t- what TV was to us basically growing up, you know, you that TV was always in your house from the moment you were brought home from the hospital as a baby. You're watching fucking TV. The same is now true of the Internet, AI, virtual reality for kids being born today. So it seems like a drastic change and it is. But for a generation growing up in the change itself, it's going to be just like another uh, another day in the park, I suppose. Do you have kids? Yeah, Chad. I do not. Yeah, I mean, I don't have kids either. My He's smart. Is, you guys are smart. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope your kids but are But I can tell you something. I can tell you this, okay? <laughs> I am more of a man than you motherfuckers. Okay? <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, I yeah. can take more punishment, more just <laughs> mental anguish and, and disparity, okay? I can handle that <laughs> shit like a motherfucker, okay? You'll, you'll Isn't be, that wonderful? Uh, yeah, perfectly <laughs> positioned for when society collapses and you have to yeah. go out into the streets and hunt for your food again oh dude you know what last night when uh, the power was out and the kids were freaking out because there's no internet and they're like you know ah, ah. um you know i uh i felt like i was in my element and um actually what i did um i have i have a few knives um and uh you know big switch blades and stuff like that okay and here's the thing like at that point when the power's out, that's, I was saying earlier, that's when, you know, people who are smart about being criminals are going to break in. You know, if you don't have any power, you can't, you know, no one's going to come right away. So um, I went into my wife and I, I gave her one of my, one of my knives and I was like, okay, hold that. I want you to hold that. And she's holding it like, you know, what you would a fork. I'm like, no, that's not how you hold a knife to protect yourself. Okay. Turn it upside down like that, laid out. Okay. Hold it like that. Okay. I want you to put it right there next to your bed. All right. <laughs> And I did the thing, same thing with my son. You know, I took one of my knives and I went into his room and I was like, look, son, this is kind of like a, a fire drill, okay? Probably never going to happen, okay? You're probably never going to have to worry about this. 
but you know what? Now's a good time to, to practice, okay? Now, chances are no one's going to get in this house with me out there, okay? I had, a, I had about a 30-inch uh, machete. And um, <laughs> oh my God. I, was, I was standing out front. I'll, I'll post a picture up later with me and the, the machete. Um, and I said, but, you know, if for some reason, you know, someone does make it into the house and you hear them, okay, we're going to put the knife right here. Okay, you do not hold it with you in bed. Okay, because you can fall asleep, you're going to cut yourself. All right, I'm going to put it right here now. Okay, now lay down your like you're sleeping. Now grab the knife. Good. Okay, perfect. You're holding just like I showed you to. All right, and I walked out of the room. I walked back in. Lennox, grab the knife. He was ready. So, <laughs> nice, dude, in that <laughs> moment when I was telling them that stuff, it was like, why is this coming so naturally to me? You know, like. There's, there's a part of me that feels comfortable in that type of situation, you know, mm -hmm. where there's no technology or anything like that. I don't mind that at all. I, I enjoy it. Well, yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I think, I think like, you know, for, you know, Gen X and. And we are one, we are one EMP bomb away from that. All it <laughs> takes is one asshole who's rich enough, like Elon Musk, to purchase an EMP bomb or two or whatever. And then drop it from an airplane. Do you know what an EMP bomb is, James? No, I don't. <laughs> it's an electromagnetic pulse oh, okay, bomb. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, it will take yeah. out all electronics. Okay. It'll put you back to the, you know, cave times. Okay. And it takes a while to come back from it. But people would lose their fucking shit. But it wouldn't get rid of the internet. Like that really is. I think in terms of talking about the possibility of us being really blasted I didn't, into I didn't know if it would do that or scenario. not. That's something I was curious about. No, I mean, it'll shut down all the computers that are affected by it, obviously, but the internet right. is global. As long as there right. are computers that are running servers and whatever, you know, financial systems and stuff aren't going to collapse. I don't, I think at this point, and I mean, obviously I could be wrong. Who knows what kind of insane wars might be uh, in the future in store for us as humanity, but I just don't think the internet ever goes away now so much like every financial transaction is happening on the fucking internet. And again, yeah. money controls this whole thing. It's like, that's not ever going to go away. It's only going to keep getting more technologically advanced and more technologically secure. I feel like. Yeah. To where someday an EMP bomb won't even happen. Or if it does, like who cares? The, like you're saying, the rich people aren't going to be affected by that. They never are. <laughs> They're not affected nope. by anything. Unless you're Very Epstein. Very true. Epstein was the only rich person who got affected. <laughs> that's, and that's for another episode, man. So, <laughs> so, so tell, tell us a little bit about your podcast before we sign off, man. I mean, I want people to go. go what? Check it out. Damn, it goes so fast. See, when you got uh, someone like Chad on, man, this, this hour just goes. <laughs> we're going to have him on again, man. Because, you know, we might have him in, in studio or whatever one time, too. So Yeah. You know, I, Especially I when you get to. back into I'd doing street to. art, you know. Bring on and. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm. I'm working on on this next project. I'm still figuring it out, but it's there. It's bubbling, and I, I have some big pieces of it that are like there. I just need to figure out a couple others. But, uh, yeah, I do another podcast called Dudesy with my friend Will Sasso. That's the one run by AI. And then I do another podcast with a friend of mine named Lizzie Pace where we break down The Bachelor. I don't know if you guys are fans of The Bachelor. Uh, we break it down <laughs> I, like a, a I pro sport. I have to watch it in the background sometimes. You, you, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. I well, mean, let, me, let me try to uh, give you another level of interest to it. We treat it like a pro sport.
expert and we have all the different statistics and stuff about what you should be doing in any given situation so that you can win the game. We wrote a book about it called how to win the bachelor that came out last year. And I've been secretly coaching players who are infiltrating the game. So season 27 is about to air January 23rd. And all I can say is I definitely have some players in the game this season. Oh, wow. Dude, that's awesome, man. I love that, man. So everybody check out the doozy podcast and check out yeah. what is the bachelor one called? Oh, sorry. That one's called game of roses. Game of roses. Love that, yeah. man. Thank you so much, Chad, for coming on today, man. Dude, it's my pleasure. pleasure. Thank and, you guys uh, for having me. It was great yeah. to see you. Now again. do you understand why I didn't want to keep him waiting in the waiting room, man? You don't keep a guy like this waiting. You know what I mean? Definitely, man. And you know what, you know what, Teach? Like I said, you ran and you got, you know, you made it You made it to the, the Zoom session. You understand man. why now? I mean, fuck. Like, of course, man. Of course, man. And like I said, we'd love to have you on again, Chad. And, yeah, uh, dude, anytime. Man. What's it's your my pleasure. To, uh, to, drop, to drop for the audience? What's that? What's uh what's your Instagram or social basically? Oh, for the Chad Colchin, C H A D K U L T G E N across all Instagrams, Twitters, all that. Awesome, thank you very much, man. Uh, all right, man. Thank you very much. Love you guys. Take care and peace. Peace out. Thanks, bro. Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash PTTP show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.